Welcome to Nomadic Diaries, a podcast revealing secrets of life lived overseas. We use storytelling to deliver insight and information on what it takes to live, love, move, and travel across the globe. Our guests are professionals from the world of global mobility. We hope that by opening their diaries to share their wisdom that you, our listener, can benefit and enjoy more ease and grace in your expat life abroad. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Nomadic Diaries. And we have a very special podcast that we are bringing you today with our wonderful guest, Dorothy Wallstein. Dorothy was born in the U.S. and then lived in California. And while she was in California, became very in tune with yoga, herbalism, homeopathic medicine. And eventually she studied acupuncture, diet and nutrition. She has had a stellar career, which has taken her from the U.S. to the U.K., where she was For 27 years, she worked um, and ran, uh, founded a homeopathic college in Newcastle, which is in the north of England. So she has had an amazing career and is someone who has um, learned to create meaning through just being present and serving others. She also, in her second career... which is kind of amazing. She became an international consultant and asked the question, how do you have a healthy human system? And she decided to move into the subject of mergers and acquisitions, which is such a chaotic, stressful place to go, Dorothy. We're just glad that you're willing to speak to our audience and our listeners here today on Nomadic Diaries. So welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Good. Sharon, why don't you take the first few questions? I'd love to. Dorothy, I'm very curious as to you were such a profound woman in in a time period to, to make strides in those areas. And then you come to Mexico. How did you get to Mexico? Well, again, I've had a lot of happy accidents in my life, I suppose. I always felt ashamed. Having lived in in Europe, I always felt ashamed when I'd meet all these people who could speak five or six languages. And, you know, um, and I didn't have a second language. And I always felt like I couldn't learn a language. But as I when I retired, I thought, You know, I need to face the fear of learning a language. Maybe I could learn just a little bit of Spanish, you know, be able to say please and thank you and order something from a menu. So I heard about the Warren Hardy program here in San Miguel, Mexico, and I came down for three weeks um, to do a two and a half week course on Spanish. And I learned more than I expected to. And I, uh, and it was a big breakthrough for me emotionally because I really didn't believe I could learn a language. I uh, decided I would come back and do the next level course and I would stay a little longer the next time so that I could practice. 
So about six months after the first course, I rented a place for two months in San Miguel so that I could practice my Spanish. But on the fourth day, I bought a house. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> As you do. As you do. So many people do that. It is a, it is a magical city that it's so easy to fall in love with. And That's so you're, you're yearning to learn the language led you to a beautiful relationship with a young woman who helped you with your Spanish lessons. Is that correct? That's- that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I met this young woman in her 30s and she was willing to speak to me in Spanish and correct my Spanish. She wasn't really a Spanish teacher. I started meeting with her on a weekly basis. And, you know, I've continued to meet with her now for about three years, I think. And we have breakfast together every week and, and we, speak Spanish for two hours. And, and you formed um, a beautiful friendship. And she's, yes, she's become almost like a daughter. And she's a wonderful young woman um, who's uh, just completed her nursing training. And uh, she's she's a single mom and she's she's just great. She's a wonderful young woman. And for me, it's been very meaningful to build this relationship because she reminded me of my younger self, I think, you know, um, I had some similar difficulties in my youth and, um, could have done with support. And she, to me, seemed very deserving of support. And I was able to help her with her tuition and her books and her stethoscope and, and, and was, and because of my medical background, you know, we could talk about, her coursework and mm-hmm. some of some of her the content of her course and uh, but mostly I think I was able to mentor her in that she doesn't have to limit her her opportunities because of her background she came from a very poor and difficult background um, but she's very intelligent and she's got a wonderful heart and she really wants to care for her children. And so I think she has tremendous potential, more than she herself recognized. And so I've been able to support her own sense of self-worth, I think. And for me, that's also been very meaningful because I feel like I have been able to help her. And that was important to me. So so it's been a win-win. Lovely. It's just lovely, lovely. And you and you also rallied your friends around and and got your friends involved to help and and so it's yeah. it's yeah it's me giving everyone else a little bit of meaning in their life as well. But that's the thing. I think you you know sometimes the beneficiary is actually the person that's doing the helping. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely been very uh, important to me to be able to help her. And and it doesn't take much to really change a life here in Mexico. You know, it's not it doesn't take a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's it's really just taking the time 
to understand what someone needs and and you can leverage the impact of of your giving mm-hmm. because you've taken the time to get to know them and um and sort of see where you can strategically give a little bit and wow the change happens you know that's beautiful that's beautiful thank you thank you for doing that uh, no problem so i feel like i would like to ask you a little bit more about um if if our listeners are interested in launching a life overseas could you talk to us to them a little bit about the difference in the experience of giving here as opposed to giving through charities and a sort of a dispassionate um, fashion or a transactional fashion as we sometimes do in the States. Could you speak to that a little bit, please? Yeah, sure. For me, that was really interesting, um, learningful change in my life because I had my favorite charities when I lived in the States and I would you know, write a check every year at the end of the year to get my tax deduction and all that kind of stuff. And, yes, um, as you do. <laughs> and, you know, but I never really was sure that it made any difference. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure that it does. You know, you give to Oxfam or you give to different charities and you try and look at their records, you know, like what percentage of the money goes to the actual project and all that. And you try and choose wisely where you put your money, but it's still like uh, arm's length removed. You don't actually see someone's life change. And um, whereas in Mexico, your people all around you need support. And there's like, like this young woman, getting to know her and getting to know the challenges she had in her life, I was able to help her fulfill her dream of going to nursing school. And it really didn't cost very much. And now she's she's just completed her training. She's going to have a, a job with a salary that she would never have been able to get. And she'll be able to support her family in a way that makes me feel very gratified. That that was, you know, the return on investment is huge, you know. And I know I've made a difference. I know that she'll go on and make a difference. You know, she's going to be an amazing nurse. And that's just incredible. That is wonderful. Um, You know, I have lived uh, in other countries like you. I I remember living in Cameroon. There was a lot of poverty there. And then I lived in Dubai. Not We didn't actually see the poverty there. But when I think about Mexico, it seems to me that the Mexican community, as you take the time and get to know people, they are more a little more open, a little more um a little more willing to come alongside us. Is that true or is that just a, a perception that I that I have? But it seems like they're willing to open up to us over a period of time in a way that some other cultures who have great desperate poverty levels don't. I think I share that perception. I think but I think it's not just around poverty or anything. I think it's about meaning. 
they their culture they value meaning they yes. value yes um they they don't care where you went to school how much money you make what your career is mm-hmm. they care about what moves you and what you respect and whether you respect them and and i've had some incredibly meaningful conversations with strangers in mexico who open up and talk to me about their son that died of an overdose or or mm-hmm. their brother that died in a car crash or something and they and it's because they perceive that i'm interested in their story or mm-hmm. or um i've shared something about my life or and as long as you know they they're looking in your eyes and you're looking at them and you're talking heart to heart Mm-hmm. they seem to it's a very heartfelt culture yeah. yes and so if if they can come alongside because it, 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 there's a empathy of hearts mm-hmm. and one time i asked a mexican um why are you so kind to people from the united states when you know we stole half of your com- country or two thirds of your country yeah. and and they would say well we have corrupt politicians too we understand <laughs> we don't blame you for what your politicians do uh, uh, and you know and it's just like we're all in it together you know yes. they, they don't yeah. they don't blame even though we come down here and maybe don't always respect them as much as i think we should they don't hold us accountable for our parlor politicians they just don't isn't yeah. that wonderful we we've all yeah. we all just want to be seen and heard and loved and respected you know right right yeah and that's what matters to them they really they i just don't ever feel that they're worrying about oh well you do you drive the right kind of car or you know the way in america people are so concerned with that you know i had an experience yesterday you that that maybe you're sort of reminding me of we went to a restaurant and um we hadn't been there for maybe a year more than a year and there's a new mural on the wall in the restaurant and it was a picture of sort of a road going up to heaven and when you talk about meaning there were on this big wall they had photographs of all these people who had been bikers men and women and they had all passed away like in the last several years maybe 2 years since 2020 so when we asked uh, the young man who is the son of the owner of this restaurant Are these your friends and did they all die in bike accidents or tell us about the mural? <laughs> and he doesn't speak a lot of English and we don't speak much much Spanish but between the three of us we managed to get this lovely story and he pointed out someone a girl who had passed away from cancer, someone else from covid, someone else from covid, but the remainder of them had been killed in biking accidents and he's a big biker. He has two or three bikes. It, he let John try on his helmet and everything and it was just, <laughs> you know, it, it was just easy and delightful and all we had to do was 
ask a couple of questions and wait a minute. And they were very forthcoming. Right. Exactly. That's what I, I found, especially around Day of the Dead, where you, you know, you, if you just ask about a picture on somebody's altar, they'll mm-hmm. tell you the whole story. And even where you'd think, certainly in America, maybe people would be reluctant to tell you that they committed suicide or that they, mm-hmm. they dro- died of an overdose or they, mm-hmm. they tell, they're open. They tell yes. you. Yes. What they've dealt with and what their loved one dealt with. And, um, and it's, it's a privilege to witness that and to, to listen to them. It's, it's, it's very humbling, I think. It seems like it's very, um, judgment free. They're willing to share without judgment or without preconceived notions, or they're just willing to to put it out there. Do you have a perspective of how that um, culture has evolved? It's because I, I, it's interesting living here in this multicultural soup in San Miguel because we have the influence of the indigenous people. And then we have the influence of the Catholicism. And as one of my Mexican friends says, oh, my, my mother-in-law practices Catholic voodoo. <laughs> right. <laughs> do, you right. Think, do you think that's part of it, uh, Dorothy? Because you're someone who has, you've been in the industry working with homeopathic medicine, which I'm imagining has a very strong connection to indigenous herbal herbology and indigenous processes for healthkeeping. Is that true? Not actually homeopathy. Homeopathy um, started in Germany Uh and uh, is quite, it's, it's all, it's Western medicine. It's not indigenous medicine, Mm -hmm. but it's, um, but it does use some uh, many of the herbs that have been used traditionally in herbal medicine mm-hmm. became also used in homeopathic medicine. And so I do know a lot about herbal medicine and so on. But I think in terms of with homeopathic medicine, we look at the whole person mm-hmm. and and the mental, emotional, psychological aspects of a person, or if we use the word spiritual aspect, those come into the diagnostic understanding of the whole person. And so when we prescribe for people, whether for rheumatoid arthritis or asthma or whatever it is, we also look at those aspects of the person when we prescribe. So I think Yes, there's, that's something that interests me and, and is part of a holistic diagnostic practice. So I don't know. I think in Mexico, they have a fascinating history. You know, they were, they were, um, occupied and enslaved for 300 years or something. They, it's, it has had a, a very deep, impact on their culture and their cellular memory and um and i think it's made them very humble and kind and community orientated they help each other 
they're very tight. Like during COVID, they were so protective of each other. There wasn't all this, why should I wear a mask? You know, it was like, no, we want to help our community. We want to protect our community. So it was very different. And um, yes, I'm sure you're right. I don't, I can't pretend to know, to understand their history. The more I learn the language, the more I hope to get under the skin of the culture. But I'm, I'm a, I know I'll never really totally understand it. Yeah, yeah. And and so, do you think it's healthy to live here, or or do you have a perception that it's it's a little healthier to live here, or or not? Because I kind of have that perception. <laughs> um, I, I think. I think, you know, it obviously comes down to your own lifestyle choices and whether you smoke and drink and eat the wrong foods and everything. But I think there's an opportunity to have a healthy life here for sure. You know, we, we have a wonderful climate. We, we have year round fresh vegetables and fruit that are grown nearby. And, um, you know, so I really do think you can have those basic um, requirements of health. Plus we're away from all the crazy stress in the United States, all the mass shootings and, you know, the very crazy things that are going on there. Um, yeah. Just the media, just the stress <laughs> media creates, you know, that, right, that right. you need to take all these drugs and you need to do this and you need, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, I, I I really truly think that it will extend our lives. Just, I think so. Just you know, having so. having the warmth and meaning in our lives with these people and learning from right. them. You know, right, right. So. I think I think that's right, and I think you know. I mean, I think some people come down here and and they their emphasis is going out to dinner and drinking margaritas. And not necessarily caring to learn about the culture or the language or to be friends with Mexicans. But I personally, one of my goals is to have Mexican friends. You know, I want to, I want, I don't want to just be in the expat community. I feel like that can be a ghetto. I, I yes. really right. feel that I want to be an immigrant. I don't want to be an expat. You know. Interesting. So, How long have you been here, Dorothy? Five years full-time and about seven years, uh, you know, another couple of years part-time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And what would you say to someone who was um, considering moving to Mexico? Do you have uh, two things you would say to them uh, about about um, why they might consider Mexico as a a healthy, holistic, um, meaningful place to live? Well, it's certainly been that for me. I can't, uh, you know, everybody has different priorities, Mm -hmm. but I feel for me having, uh, I'm a vegetarian. I like, I, I wouldn't want to be somewhere that didn't have a long growing season. I appreciate fresh fruits and vegetables in my diet. Um, I like the fact that uh, they don't, there's not so many smokers. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is, but you know, Mexico has plenty of problems and there's plenty of pollution here. There's plenty of corruption. 
as there is, of course, in the States. But I feel it's just more human. It's a it's a more human culture. Um, they haven't become so commercialized or materialistic or egocentric. Um, they still have a sense of open hearts and minds and community values and family values. Not not in the family value sense of America, but yeah, yeah. But real real family values. Uh, so I feel it's a healthier place for me, for sure. Yeah, it's less stress. I mean, it's not that I retired and moved to Mexico. I was already retired, so it wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't the change. But I do feel I, I have less stress here. Even driving, I like to drive here. That's like a ballet. You know, everybody takes turns. They don't beep their horns. They, you know, they're they're they don't hate you because you made a mistake you yes. know um whereas yes. and i like state, i like walking there because they actually yield to pedestrians yeah right <laughs> and when you when i drive in the states i feel like it's automatically stressful you've got to stay in your lane and you've got to obey the signs and i don't know it just feels like if you make a mistake, everybody's going to honk at you. And, you know, it's just different. Yeah. Whereas here, it's like everybody, oh, it's okay, you know. We'll wait while you block the street. While, you know, you have to <laughs> unload you, your luggage or whatever. And nobody's, nobody's getting upset because, you know, they can't get past you or anything. Right, right. And that must do a lot for not only our physical health, but also our mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing is you can afford, like my nursing friend, my young nursing friend. I mean, she's so kind and and she appreciates me as a person. And, and she was saying, well, you know, if you ever need care, I'll take care of you. You mm-hmm. know, like, and I know she would. You know, that's what's so amazing. <laughs> and, and, and if you do need health care here, um, you know, it's very affordable and it's very good. And I know people who have put their parents in care homes and things down here and it's affordable and it's excellent. And people, and again, it's excellent because of their hearts. They, they really, the people who work in those homes, care about the patients they really respect them and and i've heard such good stories about people who've put their parents in homes here you know excellent well i think that this would be a good place to wrap up do you have any other questions sharon i don't i i just want to thank you dorothy for taking the time it's been super enlightening and meaningful and sharing your meaningful experiences we hope will inspire other people to have some meaningful experiences. Well, I hope so too. And thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you both. Right. Right. Well, thank you, Dorothy. We much appreciate it. And listeners, please, um, if you um, enjoy this episode, if you could share it, like it, subscribe, um, we would be so jazzed and so excited. And um, thank you for your time, Dorothy. And thank you listeners for listening.
new episodes every Tuesday are released. So watch for Dorothy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.